Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. Our special guest this week is Ternam Khan. She's an outstanding career professional with the passion to create positive impact on the careers and academic journeys of the lives she touches, locally and globally. She believes in leading by example and loves her work of creating possibilities. She's big on career education, change, branding, research, training, and public speaking, networking, social media, and LinkedIn strategy. Her mantra on LinkedIn, I'm here to help professionals build meaningful networks by sharing opportunities. That's my way of giving back to the community. Please help me welcome Taranam Khan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be on your podcast. So our story is pretty interesting. I got to meet you back in November. You were hosting an event called LinkedIn Local. And um, that was my first introduction to you. So, you know, it, it's kind of neat how serendipitous situations turn into uh, these connections that eventually lead to being part of now a new community of professionals that help other professionals find work. Well, it, it sure is amazing. When, um, when I came to know about LinkedIn Local, um, it... I never thought it would end up this way and the the number of connections I would make and how much um how how far it has come from just um starting as a small event which was uh supposed to give you an opportunity to meet mm-hmm. people that you were connected with online or for that matter you just saw them online I, I had never thought that John Ribeiro, the motivational speaker <laughs> and an author for Zero to Hired, would be sitting with me in a podcast. Looking back, it, it looks like a dream. But yes, that that happened um, to be uh, an opportunity which I, I took, I decided to take. And I, um, I went to the first LinkedIn local ha- that happened in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I met and networked with a few people there. And I was like... Oh my gosh, this is cool. I want to bring it back to Peel. Being a career professional and uh, being a certified career um, strategist, I meet with a lot of newcomers mm-hmm. who are always looking for opportunities. And networking, I feel, is something that can take them places. Yeah. I myself was a newcomer. I've walked in those shoes. I know how it feels. So I never miss an opportunity where I can go and meet other people. Um, it was back in October. That's where I met people and I, I met Manu and others. And one of the posts I mentioned that this is a cool opportunity. I would like to bring it to Peel. Um, I have to say Goodwin Chan is another friend. Um, I didn't know him before this. He happened to comment on my uh, comment saying you can uh, talk to other people who are in Peel and would like to, to bring an event to the community. That's how it all started. Yeah, actually, um, and, and so this is great. So I, you know, meeting you at the event kind of set is the catalyst for all of this, and and uh, having the conversation around networking, which is something that's ongoing, and we're going to stay focused in and around that conversation. But when we were, when I was there at the 
LinkedIn Local event. And for those of you who have never heard of LinkedIn Local, if you just go to LinkedIn, you put in the hashtag LinkedIn Local. It's an event that started originally in Australia and it's kind of caught fire and is now spreading across the world. So if you want to learn more about that, just put in that hashtag. But you, there was a very interesting... So you want to add a point? I just wanted to add a point. Um, from June 2017 to January 2018, within these few months, not only has LinkedIn Local become global, mm -hmm. but it, they, there's a website that you can actually go to to find all the events that are happening oh, wow. all over the globe. It's called linkedlocally.com. Linked and all the events that are happening uh, are listed there. You can find the, the one that's happening near you to be a part of it. Yeah. So I will make sure I put the LinkedIn local dot com. Linked locally. Linked L I N K E D L O C A L. Linked locally dot com. Linked locally. I'll put that in the show notes so people can link out to it afterwards. But when I was there at the event, you had a very interesting story. So what is your story and how did you get, you know, before you became a professional coach, a professional career coach, uh, how did you get here? How did you how did this become your area of expertise <laughs> um well I, i'm still figuring out <laughs> um i landed in canada 2011 and um, my my career before then was 10 years of working with a university i was a deputy registrar uh, alongside that i was also a part-time professor and instructor and i also worked with the center for lifelong learning um, as a um, and provided them career guidance. Um, this is with the University of Jammu in India. Um, coming here was rediscovering myself okay. because I had done 10 years of hardcore administration and I had done uh, teaching and I had also done work with uh, students. So I was wondering um, what, what next? Going into uh, the nonprofits, um, as you know, there's there's a lot of community services available for newcomers to Canada. You can actually go check out the resources, and there's settlement pieces available. There is uh, youth empowerment pieces available. There is um, uh, employment uh, resources available that you could take. So my interaction was so rich that i was like okay these these people are doing amazing work and the interactions were fulfilling but then one thing that was happening repeatedly and kind of triggered my thought into where my i had to take my career was i was constantly told that i was overqualified okay um which was, is it's quite a big thing now right so especially yes. uh, for newcomers new professionals to the country uh, either you're overqualified or you don't have enough Canadian experience is, is, is another big one. So how did you be, how did you overcome, and I guess, going into coaching? Yeah, so what happened was when I was told constantly that I was overqualified, I happened to have a PhD in English, focuses Canadian fiction. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, people ask me, how, how, how did that happen yeah. that you were in north of India and then you happened to do a PhD on your Canadian, Canadian fiction oh, and yeah. that to Canadian prairie fiction in English, <laughs> which is best of Canada. 
well, that's a long story. But uh, fast forward, coming here, when I was told I was overqualified and when I was told that... Um, but the, the, the positive side was they were telling me that I am overqualified, but that they were also telling me more often than not that I knew way more than they did. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because and I think only because my focus was Canadian, um, Canadian studies, and I had read up so much on Canada and the services available here and everything from A to Z that I, I could find uh, my hands on. So you were so if, if, as I'm listening to your story. So you were before you even came over. You were very well versed in the Canadian culture. That's through, right. Through Not only that, I had visited Canada twice as a scholar. Okay. So I had had the opportunity of visiting Canada in 2003. At that point, I visited as a um, as a research scholar at um, held in Western Canada. It's called um, uh, the Summer Program in okay. the Western. Uh, Canadian summer program I came for that uh, to research and study for my PhD uh, it's a brief uh, 15 day stay uh, which was wonderful and then uh, the next time that I came was in 2006 where I was representing um, was nominated to be uh, presenting at the Association of Commonwealth Universities mm -hmm. as a speaker um, on PR and marketing and um, uh, that was held in Toronto at um, University of Toronto. Um, so I, I definitely um, was engaged with Canada and Canadian studies since 1997 so when is, I started my master's. So this is good. So is this something, so I know people moving here are moving here and have never been here. So would you recommend that people come visit where they want to move first? Um, not necessarily. I um. See, uh, if you have applied, chances are you won't even get a visa. Okay. The only reason I was able to do it because I was a scholar in Canadian studies. And the second thing was I was representing my university. At that point, I was also building partnerships with okay. universities over here for my universities and, and the departments within. So I had that, uh, that kind of opportunity to be here. You... If you can, sure, do that because mm. that gives you a sense of the place. And is it enjoyable? Is it is it something that you would want to do? Because it's not easy to uproot yourself and start over. Yeah. Uh, when I came, I had 10 years of career behind. I was leaving a very rich lifestyle. Um, I uprooted my husband and my kids. Um, I have two boys and my husband uh, used to be a businessman back there. So it was, it was not easy to start from scratch. Uh, but I made that decision um, with thinking that, okay, I'm going to give myself a year or two. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Oh, wow. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, um, I can always go back. <laughs> so I know one of the things that we get a lot of, you know, we, so Colin and I, we do coaching calls and we connect with people. Uh, one of the big thing is, you know, they want to come into Canada and they want to land and within three, six or nine months they want a job. So I'm hearing one to two years. Um, and how long did it take you to, to land something? Or I will what say, was your path I like? will say it is different for, for every single person. Mm -hmm. Now, I have had clients who who landed here and in 15 days they had a job. And I'm not talking a job which is um, 
which is an entry-level position, I'm talking a role within their own industry. Mm. Now, when I say that, it doesn't. it's not because they were my clients. Mm. I'm not trying to say that here. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is how well-versed uh, they are with their communication, mm. how well mm, uh, an understanding they have of the Canadian labor market. The most important piece, how in demand are their skills mm. um, within this industry, within the industry that they are going to approach. So, for example, IT people have an edge and uh, they tend to get hired very quickly. Mm. Uh, Canadian securities, people who come with that, um, they, they it's not hard for them. The, the, the process it's is a little very, bit quicker, yeah. yeah, very, very quick. I've had people uh, who have found opportunities within the first few months and uh, middle to senior level management positions. Okay. But then there are people who struggle at the same time, uh, which is, which can, so, and it's an established fact through research and you, Citizenship Immigration Canada always talks about it. Um, three months is the minimum okay. uh, for a person to, to kind of get their feet wet and yeah. find ground. Uh, generally speaking, they would have something which is related to their profession okay. around six months. And for them to get a solid hold of their profession, it takes around three years. Three years, wow. Yeah. Okay. Finally, um, for the for people, I, and I I mean middle aged people that come here. So who what's have the, sorry, what's middle age? Because that I'm I'm saying people who have had um, a career, let's say five to seven years already from where they're coming. Okay, yeah. So they are uh, for them to to reach uh, a senior position can take up to ten years. Okay. So and wow. also yeah, and it all depends on three major things. Three major things being, first of all, your communication skills. Mm -hmm. And I, I, am, I want to make it clear, communication does not mean your English speaking, reading, and writing. Okay. Communication is local. So English is spoken around the globe, but English is spoken in a local context. Okay. So give so, me an example. So if I'm somebody who's trying to understand that and I'm overseas somewhere, what so does that mean? So I would say, for an example, um, the way the words are used in a sentence or the way the words are understood by another person. So for an example... Hmm. I will, I will use my favorite example that I generally <laughs> say in my workshops too. So one day, and this is almost a story, so very brief, Fondo. Okay. One day Ma, I was sitting at home and my son comes home and he's like, Mom, Mom, I had such a sick day at school. And honestly, I almost jumped because I thought he had gotten sick or somebody at school had gotten yes. sick. So and I was like, "Who? what happened? Who got sick? Are you okay? And he's like, Mom, Mom, relax. I'm meaning, uh, the meaning is, I had a wonderful day at school. And I'm like, okay, can you please, yes, I from now onwards I know, but then please try not to use that uh, with me because in my mind, the word sick is used for, for pain, sickness. For being for pain, sick, yeah. Okay? So that's one example. The other example is, and I'm, I'm sure South Asian parents would relate to it a lot, um, my other son comes home from school and is like, mom, let's go to the mall. Mom, let's go to the mall. And I was tired. I wasn't feeling at all like it. And I'm like, 
okay, please, can we not do that today? And he says, mom, you're such a snake. Trust me, <laughs> I almost, I almost lost it. I was like, how dare you? How dare you be disrespectful to me? Like we, I'm, I'm still uh, an Indian parent. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mom, relax. Mom, relax. Um, I didn't mean uh, any disrespect. We use snake for for a friend who's slippery who who's not willing to follow along oh. all right well, that's a new one for me i'm learning <laughs> there you I, go I, i'm gonna try that when i go home hey you're such a snake <laughs> so but for me in my mind the word snake is negative connotation mm, it is yeah. a word that's poisonous it's a word that's evil um devilish yes. like you know it's not used in a positive um light in my culture Despite the fact that there's a, a whole lot of population, Hindu population, that actually worships uh, snakes wow, and okay. no snakes would be touched. But then that being said, it, the word in itself uh, brings up a negative image. So how does somebody get around this? So how do you learn this without actually being in it? So how do you learn to localize your language? Um, well, the, the of course, the best way it, of it is to... To be here, to be in, um, to be present mm. in the community, and for me, it was more networking, more meetings, more information interviews. Um, that's that was my forte. That was my stronghold. Volunteering is a big piece. Yes. You can volunteer to observe other people, but when people are like really, really new, I tell them, don't stay at home. Don't stay at home at all, unless you don't have a choice or an option. Try to, even if you're sitting at, in the park, even if you're sitting at the bus stop, even if you're standing observing people in the mall, go out. If you have mm -hmm. nothing else to do, just just be around the neighborhood, walking around, observing others. How do they behave? How do they dress? How, how do they talk? What do they have to say? What choice of phrases are they using? Yeah. That is the best way if you are here. Um, and I also tell people to look at videos. To watch YouTube is amazing when it comes to okay. to, uh, <laughs> to having the, there's so much. Um, so are you talking about content. Canadian type programming? I would say Canadian type programming, but okay. also the fun stuff. So for, for an example, Superwoman. For an example, Just Rain. For an example, Russell Peters. For an example, yeah, uh, Russell uh, Peters. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I know these. I, I know, and and I understand that the the language that is being used might not be appropriate at mm -hmm. point. But then, you know, the biggest challenge I have at work is sometimes not following along the jokes. And I still struggle with that. Um, the the words that are being used, I I sometimes I'm like looking at people and wondering, okay, what what, what just happened here, and what is the why is the laughter? Why is it so funny? Yeah, yeah. because then you do, you do not have reference to the context. I'm not encouraging people to use the the language yes. or the content, but being aware as mature adults, you need to know. Also, it's a fun way of learning yes. because there's only so much you can study and observe uh, through, you know, education. Mm -hmm. But watching these videos can actually educate you um, in a fun way. And yeah. you get to learn even without realizing that you're learning. Actually, and it was like that a lot initially with Connell when I met him uh, just over two years ago where he just didn't understand certain things or expressions I was saying. Because he's from Dubai and he was raised in a Dubai culture, 
uh, it's a lot. I got the sense it was very proper, so there wasn't things that were sent out of or said out of context. So it was, yeah, it's quite, you know, for me, just watching that and. You know, it took me a little while to understand. It's okay, you don't get it because you don't know. And I'm sure you're going to say things that I don't get. And uh, there was a mutual understanding there. But yeah, it was kind of interesting. So you talked about some services and uh, there's different organizations that help people, mm -hmm. uh, newcomers. What kind of organizations are out there today? Well, there's uh, mostly the nonprofit sector. Um, there's there's lots in the community. All you need to do is go at um, go look at settlementatwork.org, and you there's a there's no limit to the number of resources and organizations that you can look up, which are within walking or you know commutable distances from where you would be at. Um, so this all, is all over GTA. Yeah. So this is interesting. So you talked about work, and so you talked specifically about IT, and IT in Toronto is. Toronto's the hotbed for IT, but if you want to work in a different type of industry, would you try to match the line of work that you're doing with the place to live in Canada? Um, because okay. then the services would be different from place to place, right? Um, the settlement sector um, across, across um, I would say, GTA, um, Canada, for me, like, you know, every place has its own unique mm -hmm. services available. Certain places have more and others have less. So for an example, I know there's not as much if you were to go uh, to, let's say, Ottawa mm -hmm. or Quebec or um, some pockets in Western Canada. Um, in terms of settlement services, there are a few. I'm not okay. saying there's none. For an example, Ottawa has Lassie and uh, there are uh, other other places have others, but GTA being so diverse, and yeah. most people because they the, they come and land in Toronto, and there's there's no limit to service providers, and all the services are government funded. Yeah. So when you reach out, you're not paying anyone. You you can get information, you can get resources, you can get help with um, filling out forms, um, and pretty and advise on employment so for example i myself work in the nonprofit sector mm -hmm. and um, all the services are at no cost to the client yeah. so which means yeah, they, yeah. they can they can uh, learn how to do uh, their resumes they can learn what what type of interview practices are uh, are in in practice in canada what type of um, uh, information interviews they need to go to, how does network networking happen, what is the best way to strategize themselves and place them on self on social media, in which LinkedIn plays a major, major, major role. One, yes. um, well, Facebook is picking up too. I have to admit, uh, there's, there's a lot of companies um, who now have company pages, Facebook company pages, mm -hmm. and you can pick up on a lot of of um, the company culture and the style and everything yes. right from there. Employers love it when you are well informed about what they're doing and how they're doing it. So LinkedIn and Facebook play uh, yeah. a role in that. Even Twitter, for that matter, Twitter's picked up big time. Um, you find that people uh, who are involved uh, with the PR uh, of uh, of a certain organization, they're constantly tweeting about whatever is happening yeah. in real time. Actually, one of the things that Connell and I suggest is setting up a Google alert that searches all those social platforms and it 
sends them directly into your inbox so you don't even have to go out and search for it i know it's a lazy way of doing it but it's also a very efficient way of understanding yeah. the organizations that you want to work for mm -hmm. so uh, when it comes to newcomers you know people that are going through these programs what do you find is the most uh, what is the thing that is the most difficult for them okay so i spoke to the the communication piece, um, because remember I said there are three pieces. Yeah, the first so I, was, didn't, I didn't let you get two. No, no that's okay. That's, that's perfectly <laughs> fine. So the first was the communication, the sector. The second part that people struggle with is the computer skills. Okay. Um, most part in most parts of the world, especially the third world countries, uh, there is always somebody else doing the 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 typing or or the uh, the what do you say? How would I put it? Like administrative. The administrative work. part yes. of the work is done by other people. So in in that case, uh, if you're not savvy uh, with with word documents or Excel sheets or or how to you know the whole spiel of how to uh, the social media business mm -hmm. navigate, it becomes a big challenge. Um, most most companies here expect you to have those skills um, in fact to the point where most of the questionnaires that you have to fill out are online so all big corporate companies all of them you have to go online and submit your applications through yes. their websites mm -hmm. so if you're not familiar you are going to run into challenges so communication being one your IT, uh, your computer skills being two, and the third and the biggest piece. You can have both of these, but if you do not have networks, it okay. is the biggest challenge you will face. So how do you overcome them? First two, uh, I already spoke to communication. You just have, you, there's so many self-directed programs that you can find online. Start taking them if you're planning to be here. So would there, so this is good. So would you, within, the list of applications that people need to learn, what would be your top three or top five that you suggest people would need to know right away? The the first one would be uh, Word documents because the whole MS Office piece where uh, you need to know how to do a Word document, macros, micros. Uh, you, you must know Excel because mm -hmm. these two are very popular in most offices. Um, and um, PowerPoint, yes, um, uh, if, if you know how to get around it, it's a good idea to know that. Um, if you are going to be in a technic technical industry and tech-savvy industry, mm -hmm. then you must know Access and the other products that go within MS Office. Those would be the most important ones. Um, but the major piece, again, becomes how to uh, use an online application, mm -hmm. how to fill in online documents. Most people struggle with the very basic things of how to fill out a form. And when it's an electronic form, it gets even worse. Yeah, even more challenging. And the second step to it is answering questions online. So most companies, especially corporate and banking sector, what when they are uh, when if your if your resume makes through and the second step is your online application that is sent to you where where you have to finish that uh, to be shortlisted. And I have constantly found that people struggle in that and are not able to make through, despite having all the all the knowledge and mm -hmm. they would be great at work, but they struggle with filling out those questionnaires. So you're talking about just online questionnaires to apply yeah. for jobs? Yeah, because okay. the questionnaires are actually, um, they have 
a psychological background. Those questions are asked repeatedly over and over and worded differently. So, so if, you're, <laughs> if you're skilled in communication, in combination with making sure that the questionnaire is filled out within time accurately, mm -hmm. do not match, you're going to run into problems. Yeah, no, for sure. And, I, and I've seen that where uh, in the past, historically, I've interviewed somebody and they, they had memorized all of their questions. And every time we asked a question that sounded similar to another question, they just recite what they had memorized. So going in, so telling your stories, and actually this is a big one, and both you and I, we know Daisy, and Daisy's about telling stories and telling unique stories for all the questions. But online, it's, you know, I never saw that as something that uh, would be a challenge for people. So, so what's your recommendation there? So how would somebody get help if they were going through that process and they're filling out a form and they're stuck? Well, uh, uh, that ties in with uh, the networking piece. If mm -hmm. you're doing information interviews, if you have mentors, uh, if you have professionals from within the industry that can guide you on how to, so so that that really helps. So how do you get how do you get a mentor? Well, mentor. Okay, mentoring. Um, there's multiple ways. If if you want the official thing, it's a is the Triac Mentorship Partnership that offers mentoring for um, for any newcomer to Canada. So, what was the name of the organization? Triac. Triac. T R I E C. Triac. Yes, actually, I just learned about that organization this week. <laughs> okay, so Triac does that. But other than Triac, there's there's just so many ways. For an example. Um, the RBC's uh, Newcomer Advice Center, mm. they offer mentorship uh, to new uh, prof professionals that are new to the country uh, with a finance and banking background. Mm. Uh, there's many, many more organizations that do that. Um, my go-to would be find people that work with an organization of your choice and try to connect with them. Yeah approach them and see if they're willing to offer you advice and connect more and connect you with more uh, people from within the industry the more people you speak to the more exposure you get the more learning you have and the more prepared you are also it helps you with interview skills because most people struggle with introducing themselves mm -hmm. and that's a big piece <laughs> that i speak to Whenever I'm conducting my sessions, that's the first part I tackle. And I notice that though it sounds the easiest thing, that is the hardest it thing for people thing. to do. How do you summarize years and years of experience? And um, uh, generally, most people will be bringing two to three degrees. Um, most come with at least bachelor's, master's. PhDs, yeah. scientists, you name it, doctors, engineers, um, you name it, um, project management professionals. We, we see um, a whole array. So how do you sum it up in 30 seconds is the question. Mm -hmm. And we show them how. We show them how to do that. Also, that one summary can help you uh, network better, mm -hmm. uh, make a better impression. So if you're able to do that, you will uh, go a long way in terms of making an impression on an employer in an in a actual interview. So, and this comes in really handy when it comes to speed networking. I know it's one of the things that you host and uh, one of the events that you run. Uh, also job fairs, right? Yes. So, yes. so it, you know, if you had to teach somebody in less than two minutes how to put yourself into a 30-second 
uh, I'm going to call it your your brand statement or your headliner on LinkedIn. You know, how what would you tell people to look at or what would you tell them to put together specifically? Well, it's a great point that you made, uh, John, because if you know how to introduce yourself in 30 seconds, not only will that introduction work for you in, in person when you're talking to people, it kind of ties in into your resume where you're you're mentioning your profile mm -hmm. and then it also ties into your LinkedIn summary. Yeah. So if you have done one part right, you pretty much end up doing all the three. Um, how do you do that? Start with your name. Okay. Hi, my name is John. There you go. <laughs> Follow it up with your education. Okay. So I have a back. Uh, actually, that's a, so that's a challenging one for me, right? You have to remember, you have to plant in terms of where you are right now. So I would straight away go into motivational speaker because okay. right now you're that's what you're presenting. Yeah, yeah. So Hi, I'm John. I'm a motivational speaker. There you go. And then um, your experience, how many years of experience are, um, how experienced you are in this, in this industry. So I, hi, my name is John. I'm a motivational speaker and I've given over 400 speeches that are motivational, inspirational, that help people become better. Now people. tell me what you're passionate about and wrap it up with what are you looking for? I'm passionate about helping people into the workforce. I wrote a book for that particular issue to help 100,000 people into the workforce successfully. And what was the last piece? What are you looking for? What am I looking for? I'm looking for your support to get the message out about Zero to Hide. You just <laughs> nailed it. That, that's my how you... <laughs> I got to go back and listen to this so I know exactly how to write it out on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's it's not that hard. It just mm. um, now that you know what to what to say and then all you have to do is practice. Um, and the best way to practice is say it over and over till it starts flowing naturally. Yeah, it starts to feel natural. Yeah. Um, I know a bigger challenge, and now in this case, um, would be for people like myself who have different pieces yes. to their profile. For an example, I um, it, it might be really, really challenging for me to say something like this because I am a, I am a teacher. I'm still an instructor who uh, teaches academic English programs. I'm a certified coach who has... Um, um, who's been awarded um, Outstanding Career Professional for 2017. Um, I'm also the Ambassador for Career Professionals of Canada. Um, I'm a board member at RDR. Um, I work in the nonprofit industry as an employment <laughs> counselor. So for me to just narrow it down to one piece sometimes is very challenging. I'm also an entrepreneur. I have my own consultancy. Yes. So... So how you, do you just have to choose. That's where I'm going with. So and so as a public speaker as well. So one of the things I know is you have to know your audience fairly well. So you exactly. know what message to deliver to them. Absolutely. So right. there, you, there, that's the answer. So you just need to know who are you speaking to. Is it an interview? Is it uh, a networking session? If it's a networking session, what kind of people are there in your yes. audience? If you're so understand your audience before you go into launching your your yeah. introduction. As long as you can. Do that, it things will work out. Yeah. So, and and this would be primarily for opening up a conversation or or to lead into a conversation, and then you can lead into all the other things that you do afterwards. But it's to and one of the things I kind of cover in a workshop with LinkedIn is you find your common connections, and then you use that as your entry point for discussion, like that you're having 
a better a better conversation with somebody because you've already got a link with them and it's all good it's all about those links and sometimes those little small insignificant links are the things that become the launching pad for something else right very true in my industry it's called warm networking and cold networking so for an example you and i had a common connection daisy mm -hmm. so now it was a warm contact and when daisy um, asked you <laughs> yeah. that would you like to you didn't even question my credentials it was there amazing because i can trust her right it's yeah. all about credibility so daisy has a reputation um and i i don't need to yeah. to look at who she's referred because i know who she is and what she can do so similarly um, now, if you were to introduce somebody to me, I already know you and it would be uh, much easier. Yeah. That's also a big piece in the Canadian labor industry, mind you. That is the why networking is yes. important. Um, not because, and again, this is something that newcomers, I definitely want to speak to this. Newcomers struggle with the thought, oh, but I don't have Canadian experience and employers are not taking me. They don't They don't look at my credentials with um, uh, with with you know the right lenses um but let's not forget when you are new to the country and you do not have a connection with them to develop that trust depends on you yeah it is the onus lies on you yes. you are the one who chose to move to this place and for them to accept you you will have to walk the nine yards so take the onus take the responsibility unlearn the old way relearn the new yeah. way um as they say walk the talk and <laughs> don't don't start with oh i'm not from here oh i have experience from elsewhere yeah. because right you are yourself erecting barriers uh which yeah and, and you don't even know it's subconsciously you're putting up these roadblocks yeah. Yeah. that are preventing you from from getting your job and you know just recently we went to connell and i went to a gateway conference mm -hmm. in markham and this woman went up there and she said, I haven't been able to find a job in nine years. And, you know, she went on and on. And essentially she limited her possibilities for work because everybody heard this. She talked about her challenges. She said, it's unfair. It's almost like a job to find a job. And, you know, she had an audience of 500 people listening to her. And she lost the opportunity to bring her best self. So you, you got to be really careful with your language. You got to be very careful with your thoughts. And one of the things that we work on is mindset. It's super important. Mm -hmm. um, so this is fantastic. This has been great. And, you know, uh, the conversation, I know we could go forever if we really wanted to. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, you've given us a lot of insight, a lot of tips on, you know, how to network, how to connect with people. And you've a big array of different things. So if my if the Zero to Hired audience wanted to learn more about you, Tana, where could they go? Where could they get more information? Well, um, I'm an open book, John. Yeah, you want to <laughs> get a hold of me, find me on LinkedIn because yes. I, I kind of, um, I think since 2012, uh, LinkedIn has been the way to go with me. Yes. Um, other than that, um, you could... <laughs> You can find find me on pretty much all social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook so do you have a, do you, about me. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Ten Thousand Coffees. You can, wow. Okay, so there's a lot of reasons. You can find me on so, Twitter. So if, if if I had to put one link in the show notes where people can connect with you, would LinkedIn probably be the best that one? That would be the best one. I will actually send you uh, uh, all of them, and okay, you're good. more than welcome to use. I don't know. There's a character space limitation sure, for the description. I, mean, I will send you the links. Use whatever you like. Okay, terrific. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing the insights with the audience today. And 
thank you. Thank, thank you, you so thank much, John, yeah. for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. All right, everyone, that is it. That is uh, us with our with this episode of Zero to Hired, uh, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you know members or people in the your circles that would be um, that would be able to take away from this podcast, make sure to share and to like. And uh, thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com, and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.